I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Run Welcome to the Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined, as always, with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. And you can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at B Howard underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes and leave us a five star rating. That's where you can find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. If you're not familiar to what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing. And we're kicking off our NFL team previews in the cypher, and in this episode, we'll take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and some of our biggest questions heading into the 2017 season. And I'll kick this one off, guys. Simply put, is Blake Bortles holding his team back from the playoffs? Of course he's holding his team back from the playoffs because he's not good. Um, He was never good. He's never going to be good. Um, Blake Bortles was a product of um, flash in the pan success at UCF and the NFL's enamored, you know, being enamored with big white quarterbacks who can run. And because he fit that mold, he elevated himself up a level that he should have never been. He got thrown in way too early because he wasn't ready for that kind of work. And now the proof is in the pudding. So, I mean, they probably could have made the playoffs the last two years if it wasn't for him. But unfortunately, they still have him, so they'll be out of the playoffs again. Yeah, I, I think he definitely holds them back. And when I look at Blake Bortles, the, the thing that I look at is is how he fails to protect the football. 51 career interceptions. He had 16 last year, 18 the year before. And that guy, he puts the ball in harm's way. It's very clear. But then you, you look at just the scary pocket presence that he has and uh, Gene, you touched on it. You know, this is a guy who had a, a, a great season at UCF and suddenly he became better than Teddy Bridgewater. You kind of have a similar situation brewing in the NFL right now from last year's quarterback class. We won't get into that, but I will say that that Bortles is definitely holding them back. And I think anytime you you have a coach who says that they can run the ball 60 times in a game, that that really tells you everything that you need to know about the guy that he has lining up under center. Uh, Yeah, but he's absolutely uh, sandbagging this team. Uh, There's no, you know, ands, ifs, or buts about it. Here's a guy who's struggled with decision-making for quite some time, even dating back to his time at UCF. Also, his confidence uh, he's just, he's very unsure of himself. And this is the type of kid that a, a lot of players just don't want to get behind. Because if you're not sure of yourself, that's not the guy I want to lead me. 
So Blake Bortles, it, I don't even think it, if it's a question of if he's holding the team back uh, from the playoffs, it's, is he even deserving of being a starting quarterback in the NFL? So you've got Colin Kaepernick out there right now. That is the perfect landing spot for a guy <laughs> with his talents. And there's no way you can tell me that some way, somehow Blake Bortles is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick is right now. Um, so if the Jacksonville Jaguars have any desire to win football games this year from the quarterback position or with any quarterback, uh, it, it, they don't have it on their roster currently, and it would behoove them to take a look at Colin Kaepernick to see if they can get him into the fold and start getting him reps right now because Blake Bortles is not the one. Oh, Lord Jesus. Where do I start? <laughs> I will start at the pre-draft portion of his career when the most relevant question to ask him about was whether or not his girlfriend was going to come to the next interview. Blake Bortles has done nothing to impress me at any point of his existence as a quarterback. The man threw an interception off the foot of TJ Yeldon trying to throw the ball away on a blown-up screen. The, the, the lack of effort, awareness, mechanical issues, doesn't have a strong arm, seems to not even give a crap about whether or not he's going to be able to complete a pass down the field, just throws it up willy-nilly because it worked two years ago when teams were up by 35 and stopped playing defense. So he just threw jump balls to Allen Robinson, who bailed him out and had some crazy, like, 80% catch uh, ratio on deep passes two years ago. And he tried it last year, but, hey, Robinson can't bail you out if everything's off target or out of bounds. Blake Bortles should not be touching the field in the NFL, but I'm going to blame Jacksonville as an organization because you back him up with Chad Henney who shouldn't be on our roster. This is a pitiful situation in Jacksonville, and if I'm a player on that team, I feel sorry for all the players on that offense and on that defense who really deserve better with the talent that they have. I'm going to get off this Blake Bortles thing because it's just going to frustrate me even further. Well, this is a, a franchise that passed on Geno Smith when they had Gabbard, and when they had Gabbard still, they was looking for a quarterback, they passed on Bridgewater, Johnny Manziel, and the, uh, Derek Carr. So I, I don't understand how they blow the quarterback position like this. And since people love numbers, let me give them some numbers. 58% completion percentage as a pro over the last three seasons. He hasn't gone above 60, which tells you, his placement in his office accuracy is bad. 51 touchdown uh, interceptions like Teron said, which tells you he's putting the ball in harm's way. And when he does complete passes, 6.6 yards of an attempt. So he's throwing checkdowns. So not only does he throw checkdowns, he, when he tries to go deeper than checkdowns, it's intercepted. And when he tries to go intermediate with the football, it's inaccurate and it's probably off the mark. And he also takes sacks. So, yes, he's keeping his team that I think is talented on paper out of the playoffs by himself. And that's a great point, Embry. I apologize. Um, I, mean, I just can't. I can't keep going on about Blake Bortles. And I'm sure we could all talk about how bad Blake Bortles is all day. I'm just going to ask the question: Do the Jacksonville Jaguars have the deepest running back position in the NFL? You know, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to take it a step further and say I don't even know that they have the deepest running back unit in their division. Because on another show, we talked at length about the Titans and, and just their top two guys alone 
and Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, I think they present more than, than what the Jaguars have on their roster. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they necessarily have uh, the deepest. Um, I mean, they have, I'd say, you know, a few average talents and then one premier talent. Uh, I did like TJ Yeldon uh, coming out of Alabama, but uh, – I, I really think when it comes down to it right now, you've got one. You've got one star, uh, and then the rest are just very average running backs. And, um, you know, you could maybe, you know, they could come and help you and give you some solid snaps on, you know, some spot duty here and there. But I think when it comes down to it, Leonard Fournette is your guy, and he's going to be your bell cow. The answer is they better have the deepest because they got to run the ball 65 times a game. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, look, that, that's what Marone says. So, you know. Uh, I think that they have an underrated backfield, but it's not deep from a consistency standpoint. We have our rookie in Larry Fournette. We expect big things from him. Uh, nothing points to him having a lack of success or having a Trent Richardson situation happen because he actually can't avoid a tackle and find a hole. Uh, Look at T.J. Yeldon. I'm confused as to what happened to T.J. Yeldon from Alabama to now because T.J. Yeldon can't seem to find a hole anymore, and it doesn't make sense. And Chris Ivory does not believe in trying to find a hole. He looks for finding anyone who can tackle him and runs directly into him. <laughs> he should be playing defense, right? Yeah, I, I've never seen someone do that. But Chris Ivory's done it since he was with the Saints. And he's done it with everyone else, the Jets, no matter who. And then you have Corey Grant, who just runs really fast for no apparent reason. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I don't even know who Corey Grant is. And uh, Gaffney got hyped up to be something that he wasn't. So I'm not even going to focus on the back end of the, of the depth chart. But Chris Ivory, I think, like I've said before, I think by his door, before he leaves out, it's probably a bucket of Advil. He just grabbed a fistful of Advil and started eating the boys like Eminem before he walk out the door. But I will say this, and it's not a hot take, but I think I, the top two uh, running backs on Jacksonville depth chart rivals what you see in Tennessee. I love T.J. Yeldon's footwork and vision and his ability to catch the ball. He's also a versatile player, and I'm a big fan of Leonard Fournette. He graded out really high for me in his draft class. So I think those two guys alone equal what you see in Tennessee. The reason why you don't – to answer your question, Chris, what happened to T.J. Yeldon, this is the byproduct of when your quarterback is trash because when your quarterback is trash, they don't respect the pass, they gear up to stop the run, and they make every running back on the roster look trash. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Leonard Fournette get stopped and get blamed for not being effective when in all intents and purposes – you should look at number five being the reason why the running backs stink because T.J. Yeldon is a very good running back, really good footwork. Fournette is Fournette. We've seen – we talked about him ad nauseum throughout the course of the draft season. So I do think this running back core is maybe too deep. I'm not sold on Chris Ivory. He, he's only going to give you like five games before he has the concussion protocol or whatever you know thing he done ran into. So I like T.J. Yeldon and Fournette. I like them equally as uh, Henry and um, DeMarco Murray. I'll take it one step further, Emery. I, um, not only do I think that Fournette's special, and because I think he's special, um, I think he sandbagged last year. I think he took a, I think he took a year off, and, and now you're going to see the full account, the full, 
the full arsenal of of what he can do. But also, T.J. Yeldon, you, as you guys know, I was extremely high on T.J. Yeldon when he came out, and I don't think that Jacksonville has has properly has given him the opportunity to do what he needs to do just because of how inept his quarterback play has been. Chris Ivory's a thousand yard rusher in the league, and then you come in with Kent, who's a speedster, and on Gaffney, who who's a guy who can be a change of pace, shifty shifty dude. Um, I just think that they have a lot of guys on the roster um, that other teams would actually, you know, not mind having. And when you have um, that many assets at one position, um, you should really be better, except you have Blake Bortles. So good luck to you. Well, that leads right into my question. If they do have the, the deepest running back unit in the NFL, what do you guys make? of Doug Marone's suggestion of having to run the ball so much more. I mean, he said that he may turn around and, and hand the ball to, to Leonard Fournette 60 to 65 times. Well, I mean, you know, if you're Leonard Fournette, I, I don't know if you necessarily appreciate that, uh, given the news, all the new studies that are uh, taking place right now. But, um, yeah, that, that's a lot of carries for a running back. But at the same time, I mean, if you're Doug Marone, you're looking at this and you're saying – Okay, I my wagon has been hitched to this trash quarterback. I don't have any other alternative if I want to win football games. I've got to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette, who is supposed to be somewhat of a transcendent player at the running back position. And, you know, TJ Yeldon also has got to get in the mix. And, um, you know, the, that, that's, that's his only alternative. He doesn't ha- – there's not much else you can do if you're Doug Marone uh, until – the draft next year and you're trying to save your job and you're trying to put the ball in the hands of your best players and Blake Bortles is not it. So you got to get the ball in the hands of your running backs. And I could see why he would make that statement. Look, I a love the fact that he said this and I am now a huge Doug Marone fan, but for a few different reasons, reason number one, because you have to try to inspire what you do have. You've been saddled with Blake Bortles. Maybe the approach is to make him know that you don't believe in him and maybe something sparks and he proves himself. So there's the mental aspect. Number two, you're also setting yourself up when you go six and 10 or five and 11 due to the fact that your quarterback can't throw the ball, that there's a built-in excuse for you that people will keep in their minds because you couldn't do anything. And people will see that you lost games because you don't have an effective quarterback. And then number three, because it's the truth. They're probably going to have to run the ball more than any other team in the NFL just to be relevant because the defense is good enough to win games they can keep it under 20 points. It's just they haven't been able to put up 14 or, or 16 points in a game because they can't move the ball. The, game, the Thursday night game against the Titans was a good example of them not being able to do anything, turning the ball over, and the defense is just like, we're tired. There's nothing we can do. I think when you look at Jacksonville's offense, I don't have a problem with Marone's statement. We've seen uh, Eddie George get 403 carries in a season before with with uh, Jeff Fisher. Like, he literally was trying to run the, the ball all the way to the Super Bowl again. Um, but he does have some backs that he can feed the rock to. They're going to put Blake Bortles on a pitch count. I'm telling you, he's probably not going to throw no more than – 17 passes a game, and it will all be off play action. If not, it's going to be a three-step drop, stop route, slant, 
speed out. That's it. And they're going to try to, you know, shrink this ball game, rely on their defense and their running game and special teams to get them where they need to be. It can work if Blake Bortles can protect the football. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Teron covered that on uh, the, the offensive side of football uh, with, with running the ball. Uh, now my question goes to the defensive side of football with uh, Miles Jack. He's uh, in his second year back from the, the knee surgery, and my question is can he become an impact player for the Jaguars this season? He definitely has the talent to be able to do so, and then you have to look at how they're going to use Miles Jack. I think the Miles Jack – is a guy that they can actually move around on the defense, uh, play in that middle. He can he can go to the strong side if you need him to. He has the ability to play the weak side. You can even, if you want to, let Miles Jack on some special situations rush the passer. It's not his strongest suit, but he, he's so athletic that they can do a lot of different things with him. I think he does take that next step now that he has more confidence in uh, in his knee. Remember, when you come back from a knee injury, usually that first year back, you just you're, you're you're good physically, but the mental hurdle you have to get over is having full comfort to not think anymore. And I think he'll experience that in year two. It depends on what you call impact, because you know they were billing Miles Jack as the next Ray Lewis coming out of college when he wasn't even close. Um, it wasn't even Levante David coming out of college. So I don't know. I'm still waiting to see what can he actually do well. Uh, on his team can he cover backs can he you know get good run fits and stop the run I'm still trying to figure out what he is as a player so I think if he's going to have a quote-unquote good year this season it will probably be in from an average perspective well I mean I think I think Miles Jack can be a really good um two down linebacker um especially playing the mic um I don't necessarily see him having a lot of success in coverage um, so I think third down might be might be a stretch. I, I still think Tevin Smith is the best linebacker they have on that on that team. Um, but I'm, I'll just take it from here, where um, a Jaguars player gets hurt, misses a season, then comes back and is supposed to be okay. Is he ready too? Um, we're still waiting for Dante Fowler to become what he was at Florida. Um, will this be the year now that he is two years removed from injury? Um, that remains to be seen. And so I think we'll, we'll, we'll look to see the same thing out of Miles Jack. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Miles Jack. I mean, I liked him coming out, obviously, a superb athlete. But I just want to see how he's able to come back from that injury because sometimes, you know, when a guy has a, a knee injury, you know, like that, especially at the linebacker position, linebacker, running back, it's – so that mental part of it can can definitely hold them back. So I want to see where he's at as far as a, a mental standpoint, you know, his ability to, to trust that knee again and trust that he has the strength. So I, I don't think it's going to be this season. I think you could probably see him next year as a guy who could be an impact player for them. And you look at their linebacking core, they, they have some really good players, you know, in, in as Gene mentioned, Telvin Smith. You also look at Puz, Puzlowski. I can never pronounce his name, but you, you know who I'm talking about. And uh, it's just going to be a, a, a waiting game for him to, to come back to, to full tilt. So I, I would say next year. You know, I'm, I'm going to defend Miles Jack a little bit here because, you know, he's a guy that I had rated very highly uh, coming out of college. If it wasn't for the knee injury, uh, he was indeed my number one linebacker there. And, um, you know, 
I, I think that he can be uh, an every down linebacker. Uh, I love the way he's able to drop back in coverage, read the quarterback's eyes and, and, and pick off the ball like he's a safety of sorts, you know, I, and I saw that out of him at UCLA. So, um, you know, I think that as long as he's 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 healthy, uh, and I, I will say this, uh, I, I do believe that Telvin Smith is indeed the best linebacker that they have. But you combine or, or put him right next to my or put Miles Jack right next to him, I think that that's going to be an outstanding uh, tandem for years to come, and uh, they're they're going to be uh, very dominant there with with Telvin Smith and Miles Jack uh, going forward. Um, you know, I think that he can rush the passer uh, if necessary. Not his best thing, uh, not his his uh, best skill, but he could do it in a pinch if necessary. And I believe that he can drop back in coverage. Um, and, and he's got he got better uh, prior to the injury in his last year at, at UCLA, uh, being able to to get in there and, and stop the run um, and, and fill up fill the gaps there. Uh, not going to give you the big impact plays, but he can stop the run there and fill gaps. So um, I, I really like him and his potential. I think that he can have a good year as long as he stays healthy. And I'm going to ask the question that uh, you know we're going to have to get to at some point. What's signing Colin Kaepernick? make this Jaguars team a playoff, make this Jaguars roster a playoff team? Absolutely. This team is built like those 49er teams were built uh, when they went to the Super Bowl and went to the NFC Championship game. They have they're – they're deep at wide receiver. I love their receiving core. Big fan of what they got at tight end. We talked about their backfield. Their offensive line is, is solid now. And they, they got some really good pieces up front. They drafted Cam Robinson. The quarterback position is so important because it alleviates a lot of the issues away from everybody else on his on the offense. And if they have a legit liability at quarterback, everything else is going to look trash. O-line is going to look trash because the quarterback is going to be holding the ball too long. Running backs won't have running lanes, and they'll say the running backs are trash. Receivers, they'll say, oh, they're not getting open, so they'll blame the receivers that the receivers are trash, when really it's the quarterback. So if they put Colin Kaepernick on his team, the Jags, in my opinion, will be challenging for the wild card. I think that if Colin Kaepernick was on this roster, the the AFC South would be the toughest division in football. I think it's that simple. You would have three legitimate teams, in my opinion, three teams that are that are definite playoff contenders um, that could make some noise if they got there, and one team that if their quarterback – Got, the, got his head on straight and stopped turning the ball over every other play and, or putting himself in the, in the opportunity to get injured, they could be a playoff team as well. Um, but I think we're asking a question that is really more about we would really love to see Colin Kaepernick get an opportunity at a place like this, um, but we all know in our heart of hearts they're not giving Cap no shot. He is absolutely, totally blackballed in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh I saw today on, on um, Total Access or, or Training Camp Live, they interviewed John Schneider, the Seahawks GM, and, and he backed Kaepernick as far as his interest in the game. He said he's 100% interested. They had uh, Michael Bennett on, and Michael Bennett said he's talked to him and seen him and said that Kaepernick is in great shape. So two of their myths as far as why Kaepernick shouldn't be in the league dispelled right there by guys who have actually seen him in person. And when I look at Kaepernick on this team, we touched on it in a different show when we talked about Deshaun Watson and how he changes the Texans offense. And, and just the same, 
You have that with Kaepernick here. And they could still run the ball heavy the, the way Doug Marone wants to. But the play action, you know, working that read option passing game as well is, is something you saw Kaepernick shred the Ravens and, and many other teams, you know, with, with that type of uh, – aspect of the offense and I think you put Kaepernick in here it makes this team a more explosive team and it's going to open up the rushing lanes because when you look at the way they they also they have to defend Kaepernick you have to have so much discipline you know and maintaining the gaps to to make sure that he cannot step up and and, and take off so there's a lot that he adds to the picture and he would definitely make this a better team it's just unfortunate that it won't happen, and I, I think the league itself is is robbed of a, a premier talent in Colin Kaepernick because of the obsession with his his stance that he's taken. The guy's not a criminal, so I'm not sure exactly why it's okay for some of these other issues that are are constantly in the NFL to to be there, but a guy making a stand for something that obviously needed to be stood up for is resulting in him getting blackballed. It's crazy. But long story short, you put him in this offense, totally different team. They're much, much better. I, I agree with you, Teron. And um, don't you find it funny that, you know, one quarterback was about to enter the broadcast booth and needed to be persuaded to come out of retirement. Meanwhile, the excuse you hear as to why Colin Kaepernick isn't in the NFL is because they're not convinced he wants to play and he has right. to come out and tell people that he wants to play. So I think that that's funny, but I digress. Um, obviously if Colin Kaepernick was on his roster and I touched on it a little bit earlier, um, you know, he, he would absolutely make this a, a playoff team. Um, just combining him with your first round draft pick with Leonard Fournette, obviously the rushing lanes become wider. And not only that, your passing lanes are more defined. You eliminate entire coverages because your quarterback is so dangerous on the move. Mm -hmm. So obviously, obviously this is, would be a much more dangerous team um, if Colin Kaepernick were a part of it. But I don't know if Colin Kaepernick is being so much blackballed from the NFL as opposed to the NFL giving him kind of the Richie incognito timeout. Um, hopefully, you know, if they were want him to just sit and think about it for a year, you know, I whatever. You know, I, I don't think he deserves that. You know, he did not commit a crime. Uh, he did not commit any act against the NFL's uh, conduct policy. Um, you know, he doesn't deserve that at all. You know, all he did was say, hey, you know, I'm noticing a problem in our communities. Stop killing black and brown people. And he took a stand or rather he took a knee. I think that that's, you know, it's wrong that he's not given the opportunity to earn, you know, a living with, you know, what his talent suggests that he should be doing. But um, it, it's not going to happen, at least not this year. But, you know, if they wanted to win football games this year, that's what they would do. You know, the non-football stuff, I'll make it really simple. I'd have more respect if they just said the truth, which is, this signing doesn't make sense for me monetarily because I don't want to lose the money that I have in business dealings outside of football. Right. Period. Just get it over with. Don't tell me about the fans because you're stupid for saying the fans have anything to do with it. Right. Don't tell me anything about he can't play because you sound like a got doggone moron 
when you have Ryan Mallett of the world out here literally punting the ball and Blake Bortles sticking up the joint. So anyway, that's the non-football stuff. As far as the football stuff, this team is actually constructed very well for him and what they want to do. I feel like Doug Marone wants to operate off of play action. And what Colin Kaepernick does very well is while he throws a solid deep ball because of his arm strength, I think where he really wins is in the intermediate passing game because he's able to fit the ball in tight windows. And if you're able to utilize uh, Leonard Fournette or TJ Yeldon, play action off those guys, then get to uh, Allen Robinson on the exterior. And a Marquise Lee who came on strong last year, he literally just can't get the ball thrown to him accurately. Kaepernick also gives you the following that does not exist in his division yet. Deshaun Watson will eventually be this type of guy, but he shows up in big moments. He's already done it. We've seen it. He's gone to the Super Bowl. He's made big plays. He almost, quote-unquote, revolutionized the game from the position at one point where they didn't know what to do with the whole read option thing. And what people forget about last year from a football standpoint is he was still coming off of an injury. He had three off-season surgeries. He was underweight because he couldn't work out. A guy who prides himself on being in the gym and being an Adonis couldn't work out. That's why he was slim. People say he changed his diet. No, he had shoulder surgery and couldn't do anything. So now he's healthy. He's fully ready to go. And mind you, it was his throwing shoulder. (laughs) So obviously that's going to impact. And that's a great point, man. He reported to camp 18 pounds lighter than he was the, the year before. But of course, that kind of gets swept aside when you're talking about a guy who so many people are pissed off at. There's so many of people that are purposely missing the point of why he took a stand. And that goes for people in the media, these quote-unquote fans, and all of a sudden now the letter-writing business is booming because all these owners are getting these letters written to them by fans. You know, And these people that can't even probably construct an email with proper grammar, but they're out here writing letters and know how to mail a letter right i don't believe none of that stuff that's going on so i think we are all in agreement that jacksonville may finish fourth in the afc north i mean sorry afc south they'll finish fourth in the afc north too but um <laughs> in the afc south they'll finish fourth. no i'm not in agreement oh well chris well do tell chris look even with how putrid blake bortles is as a quarterback the pieces around him will be able to win a few games and one thing that we're forgetting is there is a fourth team that has their own struggles, and I don't think that they'll be able to muster enough wins to get past Jacksonville, and Jacksonville comes in third in this division. Mississippi Baptists don't play in the AFC South, Chris. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. but I, know, I think I know who you're talking Mississippi about. Mississippi Baptists. <laughs> so, but everybody uh, – it might look like it this year. Some guy named Tozine is going to be throwing the ball around the yard. <laughs> well, um, I think that's it for the Cypher this, this episode. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. For Chris, Gene, Brandon, and Teron, I'm Emery Hunt-Zar of the Playbook, and this has been a Football Cypher on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network.